I think the secret to friendship is you just start by finding yourself, then you lose yourself, and then you find others, right? Because when you first start with finding yourself, that's when you build that self-awareness and that self-esteem. You better your relationship and reputation with yourself so that when you're in social settings, you're able to consistently be who you really are. Then two, step two is um, you lose yourself. You know, and what happens there? That's ego death. Our ego clouds so much of our lived experience. It's ridiculous. And for most of us, it just happens so quickly that we don't even realize when our ego is stepping into a picture. And then step three, you find other people, right? Like we are social creatures. And research itself has shown that at the towards the end of our lives, the biggest hallmark of happiness is not the number of friends you have, but the quality of the friendships that you have in your life. Hello and welcome back to the Next Iteration Podcast. Today's episode is on friendship, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Damien and I draw upon our personal experiences to talk about things like how to make friends, how to keep friends, how to deal with a friendship that goes wrong, and in general, what to look for in a good friend. This episode's pretty timely for me personally, as well as Damien, because it's been a difficult time keeping friends with COVID-19. Um, And we thought it would be a good time to reflect on the friendships that we have in our life and what to do to make them better and more beautiful. Um, So we hope you guys enjoy this episode on human connection and friendship. You are now listening to the Next Iteration Podcast with your hosts Fuad and Damien. If you like the episode, follow us on Spotify and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Our website was built by Face Solutions, logo designed by Charmeni, and music by Wonderly Music. We hope you enjoy the episode. All right, all right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Next Iteration Podcast. We said we weren't going to do it again, but we decided to do another late night recording for you guys. So uh, <laughs> we're looking forward to seeing how this one goes. I mean, it's just those, you know, those late night talks. They just hit different, you know, when you're doing it. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, a very special topic, you know, friendship. What does that even mean? What does that entail? Like, he, <laughs> I mean, it's it's it, it's funny because I've had so many conversations recently about with some of my friends about not knowing how to make new friends anymore, right? Because like when mm-hmm. you're growing up, you have school, you're around the same people all the time. In those conditions, it's a lot easier to make friends because you're able to have more encounters with them, right? But Mm-hmm. Once you once you leave school and once you enter the workforce, you know, like outside of work, how the hell do you make new friends? Like, what if you don't like the people that you live, you uh, work with? Like, what do you do at that point? Mm-hmm. Right. And Stop. school enabled us to become friends. Like, I, I feel like we're pretty cool with each other now. You know, we're like we're homies. So, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. if you had to mention that, I don't know. That up, Maybe right? <laughs> you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just in case wow, anybody was okay. wondering if we were just coworkers or not. No, we're more than coworkers now. We're uh, definitely way more than but coworkers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, chill, don't say it like that. Um, but what uh, I'm curious, so as everyone knows, like you're a pretty sociable guy. So with being a sociable guy, I feel like for you, it's probably easier than some or most to make new friends. But from your lived experiences... Does that translate? And how do you make new friends? Oh, it's a really do. good question. 
I think it's hard to answer because it's so subjective, right? Is it easier for me to make friends than other people because I'm more extroverted and social? I don't know. Um, I think it can definitely be off-putting to people sometimes. You know, I can come across as a lot. Um, but I think the one thing that I have an advantage in is that I most of my friends are more introverted than me. So I've, I think I've kind of learned how to tune down my energy uh, as an extrovert and really connect with people one-on-one. Um, and I would say that's where I'm really good as uh, in particular, like one-on-one friendships. Um, definitely good in a group too, but I think groups can have a lot of competing egos and things like that, and it's just, it just gets messy. Um, but yeah, um, I think... Being an extrovert is definitely just a cheat code to making friends for sure. Like it helps a lot. And as shitty as it is, I think the world is a little bit biased towards extroverts uh, in this particular instance, because the more people you're able to talk to and expose yourself to, the more you can filter that out for people who you want to be friends with. Now, with that being said, it does kind of expose you to a lot of like superficial friendships for sure. And it's your job to filter that down into, you know, the, the people you want to be close friends. And so, yeah, when I think about it, my closest friends are all more introverted than extroverted. Uh, But I tend to have a lot of friends who are extroverted as well, just because extroverts naturally, you know, kind of click instantly and, and maybe perhaps don't develop a deeper connection past that, but because they clicked instantly, they have that friendship status or whatever. Um, So I think it's useful to kind of distinguish that, you know, like close friends versus, you know, just acquaintances. So why don't we go off of that? What makes somebody, first off, how many close friends would you say you have? And you don't have to like name names or anything because uh, people might get salty. But how many close friends do you have versus how many friends do you have versus how many acquaintances do you have? And walk us through like what those distinctions are for you personally. I mean, okay, well, when you're asking how many acquaintances do I have, like, that's, that's a hard question to answer. I don't even know how to start giving you an answer to that because like, that, obviously that's, <clears throat> that's a pretty big number. Um, mm-hmm. But starting with close friends close friends i would say i have about six maybe yeah six or so um really close friends like people that you know we share heart to hearts we grew up together or we just had um really like deep experiences growing up so that you know we've forged a really deep bond together um Mm -hmm. acquaintances or like i have other obviously like friends right people who it's nice to be around, but you don't necessarily have the same depth of connection with them. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, I mean, that's the other part to like the whole friendship thing, right? Is how do you start making close friends too? Like, how do you, how do you distinguish between the, the fair weather friends and the people who are, who are going to be your ride or dies, mm-hmm. right? Or like, how do you even know to let those people into your circle? Right? Like we, like, yeah, like, the past little bit we constantly hear about you're the average of the five people you spend most time around and mm-hmm. it, it it is an important lesson to learn but if you take it too far i feel like it can also make you a very defensive person right like you'll end up gating yourself to other people and potential connections just because of that like you're scared of having other people drag you down or maybe you or yourself dragging other people down something like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know, like I think the secret here, and you're, I'm, I'm calling it out. Ready? This is this is the snippet. Ready? I think the secret to friendship is you just start by finding yourself, then you lose yourself, and then you find others, right? Because when you first start with finding yourself, that's when you build that self awareness. 
and that self-esteem. You better your relationship and reputation with yourself so that when you're in social settings, you're able to consistently be who you really are. And like we always show different people different versions of ourselves, but we know at the end of the day like what our values are and it's a lot easier for us to stay in line with those when you have that sense of self-awareness. Then two, step two mm-hmm. is um, you lose yourself. You know, and what happens there? That's ego death. Our ego clouds so much of our lived experience. It's ridiculous. And for most of us, it just happens so quickly that we don't even realize when our ego is stepping into a picture, into the picture with somebody else, right? And it's it's a defense mechanism, right? Like our brain, like our ego doesn't want to admit that reality isn't the way that we want it to be. You know, like you might mm-hmm. be stuck in a job you hate you know maybe like your grades are shit or whatever it may be your ego is going to cloud it and say you know things it's it's actually all right you know like it's not as bad as you think it is like we're going to be okay like you know and this is something i used to tell myself when i was a lot more insecure about this is if i really tried then i could actually get the grade or if i really tried i can do this or that right oh and my that's such God. an easy thing to the hide behind times i said this <laughs> you know what i mean yeah it's such an easy thing to hide behind because one like there's no accountability there and two you convince yourself that you're not trying as hard as you can which is why reality doesn't meet your expectations but the longer that happens eventually it leads to a point of suffering and that point of suffering is when you can no longer deny what reality truly is and that's when like you know reality smacks you in the face but anyways i digress so yeah step two ego death you lose yourself and then step three you find other people right like we are social creatures and research itself has shown that at the towards the end of our lives the biggest hallmark of happiness is not the number of friends you have but the quality of the friendships that you have in your life and i feel like that's something to aim towards and that's something to keep in mind especially for maybe a lot of the people that's listening to our podcast you know even like us too right we are grinding our asses off right now and like maybe it is a short-term thing right until we figure out more about ourselves and what we want out of life but we're grinding our fucking asses off and that comes with sacrifices you know like you said at the start of the episode right you haven't seen your friends in like a year right and that so that's long. the expense that's the sacrifice you had to pay like that's the 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 ticket price for entry so it's easy to lose yourself in all of that madness but it's important to keep reminding yourself you know we have other people in our lives who care for us who love us and who wants who wants to see the best for us and to those people it's mm-hmm. important to make time for so that was a mm-hmm. I, I don't mm-hmm. even know where, what the initial question was but like that's my answer <laughs> the question was what is the difference between like first off how many friends close friends and stuff you have but also like what's the difference what makes a good friend a good friend uh but let me touch on some of those points that you mentioned <sighs> i think the the ego thing stood out to me quite a bit because i think i've seen that get in the way of my friendships for sure um both in myself and in other people as well um and i've definitely been in situations where my own defensiveness and my own control over reality was challenged by somebody else and that caused me to you know have conflict with that person right i was like oh who do you think you are like this is what i was doing this was my plan like what do you think you're doing right and vice versa i've seen it in other people and it's always ugly and it's never good for a friend group when one person Mm -hmm. 
thinks that they have you know more power than somebody else or more authority or you know just has a bigger ego than somebody else and wants things to go their way and they kind of throw a fit when things don't go their way um and i've seen that destroy friendships absolutely destroy friendships and and it's the saddest thing to see and so i think that's a really really key part of it and that's only possible to do once you are uniquely and fully confident in who you are as a person so that's why step one is so important right you can't let go of that ego until you understand what that ego is what its characteristics are and what that says about you as a human being because i think a lot of people vilify the ego and for sure there are a lot of negative aspects to an ego but an ego is a uniquely human thing humans have an ego no matter who you are unless you're the dalai lama or you spend all day meditating you will have an ego and it's your job to learn how to deal with it how to channel it when you need to and how to suppress it when you need to right whether that be in you know you know you're about to run the 100 meter race at the olympics and you need to stoke the shit out of that ego or a friend is going through a rough time and you need to put your ego aside and listen to them and be there for them right those are very different scenarios and they require very different interpretations of the same thing which is the ego right so I think it's really important to have that level of self-awareness before you can start to even think about putting that away. Because if you don't have that self-awareness, you won't know how your ego responds to situations and things like that. And so you won't know how to modulate mm-hmm. that. You won't need, you won't know, oh, hey, my ego needs to boost a little bit and you know kick in and help me finish this last hurdle or push past this. Or my ego needs to take a sideline right now and, and le- allow me to focus on being there for other people or, you know, listening to someone or putting the group needs before me or whatever it is. So I think those two things are really important. And then kind of like going past that, like how does that work in a friendship? How do those two things play into a friendship? A friendship can only be between two individuals. And this is something I've been thinking a lot about in the context of relationships too. You can't have a relationship between two things that are so codependent on each other you need to be a full and fledged individual before you're able to do that and if your entire identity is tied into this group identity you cease to be something that adds value to that group right whether that group is a friend group whether that group is the two of you as a relationship or whether you know group is two people as a friendship you need to be able to have those different perspectives and to be a full-fledged human being and so I think working on yourself is probably the best way to make friends. And that's, I've seen a direct correlation between the times in which, you know, I've invested time into myself to be an interesting human being, to love myself, you know, to be happy with who I am, you know, to eat right, to work out and the amount of friends I make. Um, and it's, it's just incredible to see that because it truly is a reflection of who you are as a person. And not, not to say that, you know, people with few friends are shitty people. But hey, you know, not a lot of people want to be friends with a shitty person. So maybe there's a little bit of a correlation there. Yeah, or even like shut up the the deep introverts. Holy, like it was it was a hard for a hot minute like de- dealing with that because every encounter you have with someone is just so exhausting. Um, yeah. And you just again like you're not comfortable enough with yourself in some of those encounters, so that you're you're just stuck in your head the whole time. Like you you. You sure. take yourself out of the encounter with the other person and you you essentially make it an encounter with yourself and your reaction to the other mm-hmm. person. Um, but yeah, Definitely. you did touch on some like really important points there. And like that codependence thing, holy bro. Like I just want to underscore that real quick because that's a it's a really important point to mention because a lot of people don't mm-hmm. even, so, for some people, they don't even recognize it's happening, right? 
for example, like you mentioned, when you get into a relationship, 100% a relationship in its healthiest form should be too independent. All right, look, again, this is my personal opinion. It should be two fully independent <laughs> people coming together to h- enhance each Yo, other's Yo, your exes lives, are right? listening, so, and, so be careful. <laughs> yeah, you know, if my exes are listening, take notes. Um, but, you know, when you, yeah, you enter like a relationship with a new person and, you know, all of a sudden you hit it off and you really enjoy spending time with them. And all of a sudden you're spending like almost every waking hour with them then you know at yeah. th- in those points like it's a little hard to do your own growing right because so much of your experience overlaps with them like your your like that venn diagram is literally two circles on top of each other at that point um you need to be able to take time away for yourself to grow and for a lot of people you know and like i know a lot of extroverts can suffer with from this it's hard for extroverts to spend time by themselves because they need other people to be around to keep energizing them to keep them going but that time alone by yourself is it can be some of the most magical times that you can spend right and i, I guess this is deviating from the topic a little bit because it's supposed to be a friendship but you got to consider your relationship with yourself right are you mm-hmm. if you're being honest with yourself are you treating yourself like a homie like a close friend absolutely not <laughs> i feel like i'm not i feel like i'm not yeah um ha, you know I, I need to make more time for sleep i would like i should be exercising more eating better meditating more you know taking more time out of my life to spend time just on myself and for myself because you know even mm-hmm. like again i see this that you're doing this as well you spend so much time sacrificing uh it for work and what a little, what level time you have outside of that to friends or your family where are you at the end of that like how much of you is left you know like that's not something a homie would do yeah yeah i mean the short answer is there isn't a whole lot left no. <laughs> and that's something i need to change and hopefully will change you know with the conclusion of this internship um moving forward or as i move as i you know start a new job and things like that but um, yeah, I, I, I've been reflecting on it and I was like, yeah, I don't think I'd want to be my friend over the past few months because <laughs> it was just hella boring, man. It's like there was nothing to me. I wasn't doing any cool hobbies. I wasn't doing any cool hikes, walks, like nothing. Like it's kind of bland recently. And yeah, that that is not a good recipe for friendship. If, if, if you want to make friends, you got to be somebody worth making friends with, right? And that's mm-hmm. something that's so underrated. Like there's a direct correlation between how interesting you are and how interesting you find other people right if you're able to like be interesting and, and ask questions and talk about your experiences you'll be surprised at how much people open up to that uh, but anyways closing the conversation on that because i want to want to focus a little bit more on friendship here <sighs> one thing i want to talk about is what makes a friend a close friend because i've been thinking about this a lot because there's so many different contexts of this right there's like the oh like a first friend is someone you talk to every day right Versus the, oh, we never need to talk. We talk like once a year and it's like yeah. we never, you know, spent any time apart. But I think there, there are merits to both of those ideologies, right? You, your friend needs to be someone you're in contact with regularly. doesn't necessarily need to be someone you talk to every day or every minute or whatever it is. But it's someone who needs to be there for you regularly, right? That's part of what makes a friendship a friendship. But at the same time, like that intensity matters a lot and that, that ability to you know, connect on a deeper level. So yeah, my question for you is what separates 
And I don't know if like those six friends you mentioned are in the same friend group or whatever it is, or if they're just completely different separate individuals. But of those six, like how many are like deep, deep, would you say like best friends? And then what separates the best friends from the six friends and the six friends from the rest? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like all is that, six is that of like them, a, I would say, yeah. yeah, I would say like all six of them are again, like really close friends that I can, I can all like, I can call close friends or like best friends for like all six of them. But okay. it's, I mean, it's an interesting thing that you mentioned because like my interactions with each of them are kind of different. And, mm-hmm. you know, for some of them, I rarely talk to them, but whenever we talk again, like there's no time lost, we can talk about whatever. And I think the common thread between everybody is that I know I can rely on them. I know I can trust them. Like if something goes down, da- like goes down and like I need help or I just need someone to kind of confide in, like I know I can go to each one of these people. And mm-hmm. I think you will intrinsically know. I mean, like there, there's a certain point where you need to leave yourself vulnerable to take a chance on other people, right? Like before somebody can be a close friend you had to take a chance on them allow like al- on allowing them to become a close friend if that mm-hmm. makes sense right because mm-hmm. if you just treat them like a fair for fair weather friend the whole time then that's exactly how they're going to treat you right it'll never be deeper like you got to start making more time for them and once they see that you're making an investment in them then they'll like if they care about you they'll reciprocate and then at that point i think that's when friendships start to evolve and become deeper and like more intimate but I think the common thread, again, like I mentioned before, is just that they're ride or die. Like, whatever goes down, they will always be there for you. There's no drama within the friend group. or There's no drama between you two. It's just honest, mature connection. I mean, maybe not always mature, but, like, mature in the sense where, you know, if you have a problem with the other person or, like, a concern or anything that like that arises, you can talk it out with mm-hmm. them. There's no need for this childish drama and, like, having a falling out like that you guys will make it work because you care about each other and you recognize that both of you are willing to make the investment in each other and that's what's that's what's real so i don't mm-hmm. know would you have the same answer this reminds me of something that might give you a run for the snippet but one thing i've always noticed is that your best friends are people you've had fights with people you've had really really bad fights with where you've gotten you know personal gone to the deepest level of insult you know you you came away from that fight and you're so mad you were like i'll never talk to this person again like no matter what like i'm gonna remember that i hate this person's gut and the reason is is because if they can still be your friend after that it means at a fundamental level you're willing to put aside whatever disagreement or difference of opinions you have and say look i value you and your friendship much much more than i value that disagreement and so doesn't matter what we think about this i'm going to choose to overlook that and choose to include you in my life and yeah i think that's the thing that's been extremely evident in my life my closest friends are people with which i've had extreme disagreements with and i've gotten to that point and i consistently say you know what this friendship is worth more than that and i'm willing to look past that and apologize and put my ego aside and move on and once you can do that and once it has to be a mutual thing, obviously. You can't just be the only one forgiving them, right? Um, but once you can do that, you unlock the door to a really, really deep connection because you've you've taken away so many layers of vulnerability and said that, hey, like you see me at this ugly ass spot and I've hated you. And at the end of the day, like even past that, I still want you to be part of my life. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. I like I can't really like I completely understand where you're coming from, and like I have shared. Like, yeah, I, I feel like with my brothers, I've definitely had that. Like those yeah, gave siblings me so are the many biggest point of this. Growing up, oh my god. Yeah. Um, but because but of that friends, is why you're tight, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like we also like grew up together, so like I have to. I I think I'm like <laughs> obligated to like them. But other than that, though, <laughs> I think like for the friends that I had. So first of all, like of the six that I mentioned, I wouldn't say that I've had quote unquote like like disagreements to that extent or like fights with them to that level with all of them the only ones that mm-hmm. i did were maybe the ones that i grew up with and that's just because we were just childish and immature growing up <laughs> and like it was just over like stupid shit um yeah but the other yeah, ones I that i made you. in like uni i didn't really have that because again we were like mature about everything the whole time yeah that's fair yeah i think even like a mature disagreement can be can be deep though you know what i mean like you can have a mature disagreement where you're not necessarily like at each other's throats but then you consistently or like you can have small disagreements but you choose consistently that hey like i'll look the other way or like we'll talk it out and we'll reach a conclusion and we'll either convince each other of the viewpoint and move on i've definitely noticed that in my friendships at least maybe it's just because i used to be an entp so i i love debating people yeah, man. that's yeah. like one of my favorite things i i just love discussion and debate and the idea of being in a competition for an idea or a viewpoint and like testing your your hypothesis with somebody in the room like that's my favorite thing and that's why i like working in teams so much and like sports so much because it's a direct one-to-one relationship between that like when you're in a huddle and you're like dude let's try this play you come back to the huddle after the play and you're like shit that play was ass like let's not do that right <laughs> and like you debate on the field you know you work together and you're solving the problem it's the same thing with friendship that is centered around discussion and debate like you're always bringing forth new ideas and you're like oh well, i think this and i think that and I think this is how this happens. And then the other person is like completely disagrees with you and, and you arrive at a better understanding together. And I think that's one of my favorite things about friendship. That discussion of ideas and that testing of ideas is like, you know, a real, a real fire pit for like mostly ideas I've had. I've like low-key stolen from people, you know, that I've, that I've heard in arguments, that's that I've crazy. heard in debates, that I've heard in discussions and, you know, <laughs> kind of taking things from there. And I think that's how it should be. You like, know you know, human beings are... <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> No, I was gonna say, you know who also did that? Thomas Edison. <laughs> Damn, Thomas Edison stole a lot more than I did. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see. Nikola Tesla. Uh, sorry, I cut you <laughs> but, off there. No, you're <laughs> yeah. good. You're good. Um, man, yeah. Um, no, Thomas Edison is a bit of a, a, an extreme case, but yeah, I think that's one of the things I value most about friendship for sure. Um, so moving on. Yeah, I this didn't. I didn't know you were an ENTP though. I'm an ENTJ now, like, but I wasn't. I was an ENTP oh. in high school until first year, and then in university I flipped, flipped to a J instead of a P. Okay. I was gonna say because I'm yeah. INTP, so that would have been crazy. Like just like one letter off. Gee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my sis, my oldest sister is an INTJ, which is apparently like the, the rarest type or something like that. But ENTJ is like the the commander, the dictator or some shit. I don't know. I'm destined to yeah. be like Adolf Hitler or something. But um, yeah, the INTP, I could definitely see that for you. Like 100% you seem like an INTP. Very accurate, actually. I'm just, I, yeah. yeah. I'm just like very, like I'm like a, I'm a, I'm an introvert masking as an extrovert right now, but um, I'm not even, like I'm doing a, I'm an introvert poorly masking at being an extrovert right now. And, um, yeah, I just, 
I like nerding out. I think that's just a key thing. Like I like nerding out with myself and I like nerding out with other people. And that's just the one mm-hmm. thing that keeps me going. Just the drive to learn new things. And that's like something I really resonate with in other people. So like in you, like obviously mm-hmm. you share the same trait and like people who have that same trait, like I just like, I usually hit it off with them. Right. Cause like if we can start talking about all this random shit, we can be friends. We can be friends. Like if we start Definitely. talking about philosophy in our first like interaction, we can be friends. We started talking about. Dude, I think that's what happened. That the that climate crisis. Cat, at I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, that's like, how those we conversations are just wide ranging and varied. So it's very interesting. But yes, I cut you off again. You were gonna ask another question. What a terrible friend I am. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no worries at all. And yeah, friendship is also about listening. So whoever's listening to this, you know, keep take some notes. Um, my next question was how do you keep friends because that's something i think i'm notoriously bad at Uh, i know a few people who are notoriously bad at it especially you know with all this move in with all this like you know new jobs new people constantly meeting people traveling it's hard to keep friends it's hard to stay in touch with people it's hard to maintain connections and i think part of it is a filtering process you know the reality is there is dunbar's number so you won't be friends with everyone forever and that's okay. Some people you need to let go of and some people, you know, you need to move on with and, and let them experience the next stage of their life and their next friendship. But disregarding that filtering problem, let's say you know who you want to stay in contact with. What are the best ways in which you kind of maintain friendships personally? I think that can look differently for different people because similarly with like love languages, for example, right? different people have Mm -hmm. different ways of communicating like that they care for you and that they love you so how you do that with different people may may differ a bit but i feel like the most consistently uh valuable thing that you can do as far as that goes is just making time for other people and showing them that you're putting in the effort to make time for them and like just see them right and be with them like even if it's just a quick little like mcdonald's run right like who doesn't like salty mcd's fries plus it's dollar drink days right now you know like i remember we started the podcast with that trying to get that mcdonald's one dollar iced coffee sponsorship hey, never happened yeah we did but yeah. <laughs> it never happened but it'll happen one day never one happened. day mcdonald's will regret that they didn't give us <laughs> one dollar iced coffee i'm calling that one day we'll have our yeah. own mcdonald's meals the next iteration podcast meals the damien meal and the Fuad meal and both of them will just be a nice coffee. Nothing else. You, y'all, y'all ain't getting shit. Y'all are paying six bucks for a bag with our Rubik's Cube on it and a fucking McDonald's iced coffee. Like, <laughs> that's what's happening. But it'll come with it'll come with the free Rubik's Cube, though. He'll have a little toy to play with. I got you guys. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, like, it's going to hit our that. profit margins. I'm going to have to veto that. But <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, it'll, be, it'll be a small cube, like a little keychain cube. Okay, we can fit that. We can fit that into the band. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I don't know. I'm a bit of a corporate sellout, so, you know, I'm just trying to get my bag. But... <laughs> word, word, word. Anyways, yeah, sorry um, to throw up to you. Go ahead. No, nah, I was just going to echo, like, I remember Tuba, like, we kind of asked Tuba a similar question from the market, um, networking sense, but I feel like that applies yeah. too, you know, just showing people that you were, that they were in your mind and that you were thinking about them, right? And, like, the way he mentioned to do that is, you know, if you were just, run across like an article 
or some random meme or like a post that reminded you of the other person just send it their way you know just shoot them a message saying like hey you know this made me think of you or something like that um Mm -hmm. and it's it can be as simple as that right and that one small little gesture will i promise you will make their fucking day like how could it not right just i yeah it's something that everybody needs to do a lot more of i think just because a lot a lot of people can just be stuck in their own heads a lot of the time and we i think this happens already where we that happens to us we'll we'll see a post or something it'll remind us of somebody else but we just won't action that we'll just you know like shrug it off and then go about our day but that taking that Mm -hmm. one extra little second to do that can make all the difference but what are your little life hacks that's actually such a good point because I realized that like that's something we all naturally do and I think it, it makes more sense the other way. Like we should do that as friends and that's translatable to networking because everyone sends their friends memes, right? Like who doesn't do that? Like come on. If you're if you aren't doing that, you're you're not a good friend. But everyone sends their friends memes and I think that's one of the the easiest ways and like low effort ways to show somebody that you're thinking of them, that you care about them, because it's so genuine. You can't fake thinking of a friend when you look at a meme, right? It's not like you look for memes that are related to like what someone does. Like let's say you have a friend who's a figure skater. Like you're not going to look at figure skating memes and then send it to a friend, right? You're going to look at memes and then when you think of somebody because you genuinely think of them, you'll send it to them. And I think if anything, it makes sense to go from that and translate it to the networking aspect rather than go the other way around. But yeah, I think that's that's such a good way of doing that. I think that is some a way in which I think I'm, I'm decently good at keeping in touch with people. Like I won't necessarily talk to you or reply to your messages, but I will every, you know, couple of months or so, if I care about you, I will send you an article like a hundred percent. Um, and I'll be like, Hey, I thought you'd have some good thoughts on this. Or, you know, I thought, uh, just reminded me of you. I remember you talked about this, like whatever, blah, blah, blah. So maybe I'm a good friend. Who knows? Maybe I'm a horrible friend and I'm just annoying, but, um, yeah, I think that's such a good way to do it. And I think, Pairing that with a conversation is something maybe I'll take forward as, as a takeaway here. Like send them an article and be like, hey, like I'd love to talk to you about this and like catch up because, you know, I remember last time we talked, we talked about this, thought you'd have some good thoughts in it and also just want to, you know, stay updated on how you're doing. Um, and yeah, I think that might be a good way for me to do that. There is a couple of people already in mind who I want to be in their life, but I haven't talked to them in a while. Um, and I know like the kind of thing they're into and stuff like that. So I might retroactively just be like, Hey, I saw this and hopefully you didn't listen to my podcast. This is totally fake. I just remembered to do this. But, um, yeah, no, I think that's a great way of doing it. Uh, what, what other things have you, have you been doing to like kind of stay in contact with your friends? Yeah. Hopefully some of those people you mentioned aren't any of your exes. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Hey, thinking uh, about you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man so toxic been a while. so toxic yeah um what are some other things that i've done to keep in touch with my friends mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah um like the i mean like the the easiest thing is like for my like hamilton squad like we just have a big group chat so you know like some people just throw in the group chat like yo beach day and then we just run a beach day you know just we organize uh, that um yeah we obviously don't hang out as much um because like we all live in different cities but yeah every now and then like maybe like once a month or something or once every other month like we'll have like a like a group meetup and like that's just all it takes for us to you know keep in touch and everything um so that's That's really nice um the brampton homies you know like we we just we we game 
so that's that's how we do it because I'm, I'm honestly like i love gaming like i it's if i had more time in the day to game i would spend it gaming um <laughs> who else and then other than that like i've been trying to do that more where you like you know just reach out to somebody with like you know like a meme or something like that or like an article mm-hmm. or even just you know like when somebody makes this uh an ig story you know just reacting to the story or like yeah that's something that. i do a ton right? of yeah yeah. So that's a super easy way to. That's actually why I post on my story. Because, you know, I don't necessarily get a ton of replies, but I want to open up the opportunity because I love doing that. I love when friends post stories and, like, I respond to them and it's like, a, dude, this is super cool. And, like, even if it's just like, a, oh, they like your message and say thanks, like, whatever. Like, in particular, there's, I'm not going to name names, but there's, like, a couple friends I met in California, like, last year who, you know, maybe I don't necessarily talk to that much anymore but every time they post a story like doing something i'm like yo that's super cool like oh damn like whatever right and like honestly it's done a lot in making me feel like i'm still friends with them right like Mm -hmm. when i move back there in a week i feel like it will have made a huge difference in like the kind of like relationship we have moving forward because i have put in that effort and it doesn't sound like a lot of effort and i'm not saying like oh like i'm god's gift to fucking friends because i reply to stories or anything but i'm saying like it does create some consistency of interaction that wouldn't normally be there. And it's genuine. It's like, damn, like this is a really cool story. Like I want, if, if we had experienced this together, like I would have commented on it. I would have like pointed something out. Right. So like, why don't I do that through a story? Uh, and it's, I think it's also subconsciously why I post on my story so much too. I know, I know my story can get annoying, but um, that's, that's why I use it so much. But yeah. Word. Yeah. Um, so we've, real quick talked about how to make friends we've talked about distinguishing the fakes from the reels the rider dies from the fairweathers the uh we talked about uh maintaining friendships and like tending to those relationships over time Mm -hmm. i guess one last question i have for you is how do i word this how how is having the friends that you've had changed your life? Oh, very good question. Very good question. I actually have one more last question after this that I thought of recently. But we'll sure. go over this one first. The friends that I have currently have absolutely 100,000% changed my life. Like in every single way in metric period. And there isn't like a specific group I'm even talking about. But just like the friends I've had throughout my life have done that. Like I can point to every... Like I said, like I can point to every good idea or good quality I have and point to like one person who helped me see it in a different light and like push me along the way to kind of pursue it, to rethink it, to reframe it, or maybe even showed me what I didn't want to do in that arena and and allowed me to kind of explore that myself, right? And maybe it's a friend I no longer have that was still instrumental in doing that for me. Literally everything. Like you talk about weightlifting, like I remember like the first guy who taught me how to deadlift. Like if I didn't if I didn't have that friend, like I would not I would not know how to deadlift like like so many small things like that like you know the friend who first gave me the like x y and z book right the friend who first like showed me this x y and z podcast right the friend who you know like first invited me out to like play soccer with them right like all those like small little things like definitely add up and I think you know getting more specific like the friends that I have have had most recently have been like such a good support group for me. And I think university is really that time where you can kind of filter in 
uh, on the human beings that you want to spend your life with, right? Because there's such a huge selection of human beings for you to make that decision. Um, and you really, really get to focus in on like, who are the people I want in my life moving forward? And, and what are the values in that those people should exhibit, right? And so I'm very lucky to have been able to do that throughout university. I know that it was hard for a lot of people with COVID, especially people like, you know, one or two years younger than me, who, you know, maybe were in second year or third year when COVID hit and they didn't get to develop those deep friendships. But luckily I was already in my third year um, and doing co-op year when COVID hit. So I kind of got to have that experience and yeah, super, super instrumental. Those people motivate me to be a better person, continuously challenge me um, and, you know, hold me accountable to the mistakes I make too. So yeah, wouldn't be anywhere without those people for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And the reason I asked that question is because, like, I just recalled real quick um, in Marcus Aurelius's Meditations, um, the first chapter, I can't remember what exactly it's called, but it's like Lessons and Debts or something like that. But mm-hmm. he engages in this exercise where from each of the, like, friends or mentors that he has in his life, he just jots down real quick, like, what are the things that this person has taught me or that I've taken from them? Like, what kind of debts do I have to this person? And not even just in like the financial sense, right? Like literally, like this person taught me this, which has been invaluable towards building me towards the person I am today. Like that's a huge, like more, not really moral debt because that's a bad way to put it. But these are lessons you take from people that you want to be able to repay them, right? Like and engaging in this exercise gives you an opportunity to engage in this act of gratitude, right? Because then you start to realize exactly what the friends that you have and mentors in your life that you have exactly what they mean to you right and it's it goes back to being intentional about life for a lot of it like we are just happy to have those people in our lives but we don't really try to take stock of the why behind that and like really the depth Mm -hmm. of the why behind that we're just happy that they're there but i think it's just a really cool thing to think about sometimes and like i i want to actually go and do that exercise sometime where you know, I go through like each of the people in my life and just, you know, try and reflect on what has this person given to me or what have I taken from them that's allowed me to grow as an individual. All right, so let's do it. So I'm giving you some homework. Not this week because I'm hella busy this week. But by September 5th, me and you need to touch base. And you don't need to share this list with me, maybe if it's personal. Um, but me and you need to have done this list and the list needs to be at least like 20 people long, you know, like it needs to be at least like a full page a of writing Damn. by September 5th. Okay. Was, Can you make that commitment yeah. to me? Okay. Let's do it. And whoever's listening, we would love for you to do this too. And, and submit like email us at nextiterationpod.com or info at nextiterationpod.com or, you know, just reach out to us on LinkedIn or whatever and submit your letter or tell us if you've done this because i think it'd be a really really cool exercise to do i think this is such a good idea like list 20 people that have impacted your life whether they're friends mentors teachers whatever it is and talk about what you took away from those people um yeah let's commit let's to this say, man. let's say let's 10 people let's say 10 people to make it more accessible i don't even like i, I don't even know if i know 20 people like that <laughs> because <laughs> um, like i mean i mean we've I, had more I, than 20 guests on this podcast bro so you better you better have yeah at least but like, that's that's cheating that's cheating i'm joking that's cheating. i'm joking i'm joking yeah <laughs> i mean like all, all everybody that comes on this podcast is a friend to us you know like we, you mean oh, a absolutely. lot to, to make the time to come on this podcast to us so yeah we take like, we take some crazy takeaways from each of those conversations for sure absolutely 
Yes, like a little mm-hmm. sneaker vid coming soon of uh, a compilation of some of our favorite takeaways. Um, Indeed. But yeah, uh, you had one more question you mentioned. Yeah, uh, maybe we can make this quick because I don't want to end on too negative of a no, but... Uh, Whoa, what? How do you know... How do you know when a friendship is no longer working out and you need to end it? And how do you end that friendship? Because we've been we've been all happy go lucky. We've been very positive about this podcast, which I fuck with. But you know, friendship can be ugly and friendship can be hard. And when it gets hard and ugly, how do you deal with it? Yeah, it's definitely important to consider the dark side of these things as well. Um, honestly, it is a very valuable thing to understand this and to be able to recognize this. And especially just to be mature enough to be able to handle this in a in a mature way, right? Um, but I think, again, it comes from taking stock of what these people in your life, like what these friends in your life mean to you and considering like what did they contribute to your life? Like at the bare minimum, they should be bringing, you know, joy into your life at the bare minimum, right? Like it should be a pleasure to hang around these people. But if you know you're hanging around some of your friends and you know they're always kind of putting you down they're acting towards you in a condescending way or like things along that nature right towards like they hold more negative attitudes towards you it's a little bit toxic but you brush it off as like oh like that's just how that person is that is a toxic friend you need to let them go um another thing and okay so this one is this is the really tricky one so this is where Tying back to the whole, like, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time around, right? Yeah. A lot of people have, I've seen, have experienced growth in their lives, either through going to school or, like, going away to live by themselves or something like that. And, you know, the friends that they grew up with didn't necessarily share that. And those are really hard to confront because you grew up with those people. You spent so much time with them. And for most people, like those friends that you grew up with, those are the those are your really close friends. Those are your best friends. Those are your ride or dies, right? How like mm-hmm. how can you even conceive of cutting people like them off? And for these scenarios, I don't think it's about cutting them off as much as being intentional and aware of the time that you're spending with them. Because if you're spending all of your time with them, you're you're going to kind of morph or you're going to start adopting some of like their behavioral and thought patterns. So mm-hmm. if all they're doing is watching like, I don't know, like the trailer park boys, or if all they're doing is like gaming all day and not doing anything else and you know, they're hitting you up like, yo, hop on this game with me. It's easy to fall into that. So for those people, it's not about cutting them off, I think, but it's about being intentional and perhaps limiting the time that you spend with them. But again, like you should be there to support them if they need it. If they start showing some inkling of interest in having that growth, that's when you can step in to support them. Leverage your own experiences and, you know, tying into what you mentioned about like having fights with those friends, right? And those being the deepest friendships, being able to see and help someone get out of a rut, those will forge incredibly deep friendships, right? Like, especially when people first start making that first serious commitment to growth in their lives after that you know their entire life will be changed because at least even if they kind of start falling back into their old habits and get into another rut they've seen what they're capable of doing and that alone is enough inspiration for them to try again 
But yeah, like what are what about you? Like what are some of yours? Yeah, I think I really resonate with the first thing you said. Like I come from a background in high schools and elementary schools and middle schools and neighborhoods where roasting was the way of life. Like you got roasted by virtue of existing. <laughs> like you didn't need to be roastable. You didn't have anything wrong with you. If you existed, you got roasted. You walked the wrong way, you got roasted. Yeah. You looked the wrong way, you got roasted. Like that's just how life was in Scarborough growing up. But um, I think it's important to realize that those actions and that that method of growing up and the method of exhibiting closeness is definitely valid for a lot of communities and and can be important for being close but eventually you do have to grow past that i think i firmly believe that and i think there's a role for that still like in any friendship even when i'm 80 i want to be roasting my boys but i think it can quickly devolve into be you know being demeaning being basically just a bully right like putting people down and like not really letting them explore themselves explore new things like there's a difference between roasting somebody and putting someone in a situation where they're uncomfortable sharing something new with you right and once you do that like you are like literally the worst friend like i can't think of a worse friend than somebody who makes me feel uncomfortable to share like myself with them right and so it's very important to to draw that line and i think it's not like a gradual process or sorry it's not a sudden process it's not like a oh I've noticed this and this person's cut off, right? It's like a, hey, I've noticed this. Maybe I can communicate it. Maybe I can talk to them about it. Maybe I can observe some behavior. Yeah. I can give them a couple chances. I can watch them change. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, like, that's when it becomes an issue. Like, when it becomes chronic, when you've communicated things, and when you don't notice any, you know, markedly different behaviors. And so, yeah, just wanted to mention that, that, that I've, I've been a part of that, and I've done that to people, too. I've made... <laughs> you know people cry and like things like that that i'm very not proud of because of roasting because you know it was just like i thought it was just a joke and like you know you get into it and you keep going 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 and that's not healthy whatsoever and it's important to like recognize people's boundaries and like be willing to um to admit when you're wrong and to give people second chances too yo that's great you're throwing them heaters eh like made somebody cry if that happened in high school yeah. you would have been crowned a king bro that's crazy um, <laughs> it happened multiple times in high school but i'm not a gig for that bro <laughs> i'm a day call no, but that's just, that, was just the, that was just the ethos back then right like if, as soon as you shed a tear it's a different world lost. yeah oh, no you lost dude. all social credibility Yo. so you can't and that's so toxic again. like thinking about that that's so toxic bro like guys especially like man we've been so socialized to never show weakness oh never cry because of that roasting yeah. and it's so unhealthy man i'm still trying to unlearn some of that shit that i have in high school but yeah yeah there are definitely some heaters i threw around for sure <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's like toxic masculinity but i'm a little proud of them but <laughs> uh, anyways yeah, i mean like we've uh, all let's end this episode on some laughs since high school so. <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah a hundred percent yeah cool yeah. so ending this episode ending this episode on some laughs hopefully it was um educational and informative for you guys and hopefully you laugh along with us uh if you're one of those people in high school who i roasted my bad <laughs> like <laughs> i'm very sorry hopefully you realize that through this podcast that i've grown as an individual and i'm no longer that person and i i truly deeply apologize and i think you know give me the chance to grow from this and, and we can move on but anyways, jokes aside, I think it was a good conversation. Friendship is hard. 
friendship is tough friendship is ugly but friendship is also the most beautiful thing that humans have and every relationship at its core is a friendship you know like whether it's romantic whether it's a work relationship whatever it is um it's friendship at its core and i think it's such a powerful human con like human connection is just so powerful it continues to amaze me to this day um but yeah great conversation david you have any closing thoughts amen to that no no closing thoughts just you know spread some love that's it spread some love today you know reach out to one friend you haven't talked to in a bit just tell them you've been thinking about them and tell them you'd love to reconnect and hop on a call sometime let's do it and then make sure you get the homework done by september 5th everyone uh the t list of 10 people who have impacted you uh and why and yeah if you end up doing it we'd love to We'd love to know that people are, you know, listening to us and actually doing shit. So feel free to send us a message or, yeah. or anything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Like, like, let us know how that's changed your outlook or POV on anything. To tell, like, let us know if it's just made you more grateful or if you thought it was a completely useless exercise and you think we should stop doing these. Just let us know. You know, hit us up. We, well, big enough. I don't know if we made the announcement already, but we recently got our first hater. I don't know if we made that publicly available knowledge. But oh, no, yeah, we didn't. We haven't announced so. that yet. Yeah, that was one of the milestones that we kind of established way back when. So we are incredibly grateful for you, our first hater. Um, keep Thank them coming. You. You know, no keep them names. coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but hopefully there's right, more to come. With that, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and with that, we will call it a night. Uh, yeah, literally, good night, Fouad. Like, it's been a pleasure. Thanks again for the late night chat. <laughs> and to everyone, till next episode. If you liked the episode, follow us on Spotify and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Our website was built by Face Solutions, logo designed by Charmeni, and music by Wonderly Music. Thank you for listening. Think you got it? Nah, we're on the next iteration. <laughs>